Welcome to the Tide Talk Podcast. And now a word from our sponsors. Welcome to another episode of the Tide Talk Podcast. Stacy Blackwood with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. It's uh, get things rolling again. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, tonight we're going to be uh, giving our top five wide receivers of the Nick Saban era at Alabama. And I don't know about you, Jake, but this was really tough for me. It's, it's been the toughest one so far. Yeah, it, it's really tough. And um, but uh, it's a it's a good long list of guys, and and a lot of them couldn't make it because there's been so many of them. Right. Yeah. So you know, without uh, you know, before we actually dig into that, I, we got some you know exciting news to announce. Uh, we're partnering up with a uh, studentsectionsports.com. Uh, there, you can go to their website, which they're still building. They're in the process of getting that launched and everything, but it's studentsectionsports.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at sssports underscore. Mm-hmm. So make sure you follow those guys. Uh, they'll, be, they'll have a link to our podcast on the website once they get it up and running. So we're excited about that partnership and uh, excited for the future. See how that goes for us and, and for them as well. Man, yeah, I'm excited to uh, take on a new journey, and uh, we're still going to be doing these podcasts, but part of it's going to be awesome. Yeah, nothing will change with the podcast. We still have complete control over it, so none of that changes. So it's still going to be me and Jake, uh, you know, bringing, bringing you some Alabama athletics. Heck, yeah, I'm excited. But with that, let's, uh, let's move on to our list, Jake. So won't you go ahead and tell us who you have at number five? Man, like I mentioned in my opening statement, there's been so many great wide receivers come through at Alabama. And um, my number five, I'm actually going with a surprise here. And it's one that uh, Saban only had for one year. But the year that Saban had with him kind of paid the way for all these good wide receivers to come in. And that was DJ Hall. Uh, hmm. Saban, Saban only had him as a, as a senior. I would love to see what DJ Hall could have done. If Saban got there, maybe his sophomore year or so, but his senior year, he uh, had over a thousand yards receiving, and uh, he just played a big part in the offense because back in that time he was pretty much the offense. Uh, as you remember, everybody remembers the the heartbreak loss to Louisiana Monroe. We lost him for the first half, and uh, we could never recover in the second half. So, you know, he he kind of paid the way for all these big, big name guys to, uh, to come in. So I, I have him as number five guy. That's, that is a really good, really good selection. You know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even think about DJ Hall. It, that feels like years and years ago, but you <laughs> yeah, know, that was Saban's first year, his senior season. And like Jake mentioned, you know, he had, you know, a thousand and five yards receiving with six touchdowns. So, uh, and, and like Jake said, he was he was the go-to guy that season. So uh, that, that's that's a really good pick on Jake's part. And and I'll say this: he that was in 2007. I, I I've been out of school ten years now from high school. I mean, and that was my my sophomore year that he was there playing. I mean that that's incredible to think about in the longer on long term of things now. You know, yeah, it's, like it's, forever. it flies by. <laughs> it does. Yeah, right. well, you know, so so Jake has a DJ Hall at number five on his list. Mm-hmm. Uh, at number five, uh, I, I went with uh, with Kevin Norwood. 
Oh, and and I know I know he doesn't really have gaudy numbers at Alabama. I mean, for his career, he only had twelve hundred seventy-five yards catching, but he was so clutch. He made yeah. so many clutch catches. I mean, you know, he he was there. You know, all of AJ McCarron's years. Anytime AJ needed the third down conversion, uh, that's who he went to. And and, yeah. and you could always rely on Kevin Norwood to make the plays that you needed to make. So you know, maybe he doesn't have the stats or you know, all the glamour flash of, you know, a lot of the other guys. I mean, I, ha- I had to leave off guys like Marquise Mays and, you yeah. know, uh, Henry Ruggs and Smitty and Jalen Waddle. Of course, them are, them are guys who, who still got work to do. But, you know, some of the past guys like DeAndrew White and Christian Jones uh, and our Darius Stewart, I mean, there, there's a long line of guys that, that were left off this list. Uh, but it was tough. I mean, that, that picking that fifth one was tough. I mean, there, there's four guys that – to me, that are obvious choices. And then that fifth guy, you know, you have, you know, 10 or 12 guys you could choose from, really. Oh, yeah. So that, that fifth slot was pretty tough for me to pick. But I, I, I went with, with Norwood simply because of his, you know, he, he, he was just a gamer. I mean, yeah. you know, he just – he made the plays, you know, when, when they needed to be made. And, uh, that, that's something I always like uh, – in a wide receiver, you know, uh, there's a lot of guys that's put up a lot of good numbers. But it's always nice, especially as a quarterback, and, and I play quarterback in high school, you know, to have that guy you can rely on. And, and that's that was somebody that, that A.J. McCarron relied on. And, uh, you know, they had they had a good duo working together for three or four years. And, you know, he was just a lot of fun to watch. You know, he, he always ran good routes and was precise and, you know, always in the right place. And, you know, they just had a connection and – uh and like I said, when when a, when a play needed to be made, that's who AJ threw it to. Yeah, I agree with that. He was he was definitely clutch. All of a sudden, and uh, it was it was awesome to see him uh, in that run across the field. Yeah, yeah, he 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 was a lot of fun to watch. I, I really enjoyed him. But yeah. uh, so who you got at number four? I actually got um, the uh, phenom, uh, one of the phenoms we have now, and Henry Rose the third. Um, you know, he, he kind of came into his own last year. He didn't quite make uh, a thousand yards receiving, but but to have a guy like him, you know, as a threat. Um, oh, I mean, we got so many guys, but he also helps out Jared Judy in the passing game. We got Smith that does that as well. But you know, his uh, his speed. I mean, he is he is quick as lightning. There's a bunch of them down there now that's quick as lightning, and uh, you know he. He had uh, 11 touchdown receptions last year. He only had six his freshman year, so he came he came alive uh, last year, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does his junior year uh, this year. Uh, I believe he may have, you know, maybe 15, hopefully 15 touchdown passes. Uh, that would be great to see. But uh, I have him at number four. I think you meant touchdown receptions. If he has 15 yeah. touchdown passes, that, that'd be pretty impressive. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hated to to leave you know somebody like Henry Ruggs off because he's he's spectacular and he has a chance to move into that top five and you know mm-hmm. I, you know I think we said it when we were talking about the running backs and the quarterbacks there's a lot of you know we're, we're splitting hairs here and yeah you know Ruggs is one of those guys that's just a you know a big play waiting to happen uh, mm-hmm. to me one one of the craziest plays all season it didn't really count was it was called back for holding was against Missouri when he. Sh- he went streaking down the sideline, and he he literally made everybody else look like they were standing still. He was running so fast. 
that, 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 that cat can fly. But, you know, yeah. I, I hated leaving him off the list, but he's he still got a little work to do, and he's still got two years of eligibility to do it. So, you know, he, he, he may move up into that top five. So it's just kind of wait and see on him. But mm-hmm. at number four for me, I have a, I have another guy that, that's still there, and that's Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I was kind of – between him and Ridley, I was kind of debating on them. But I went with Judy at four and, and Ridley, you know, kind of – uh, look ahead at, at three simply because Jerry Judy still has things to prove. You know, he's, he's only had one really good year. His freshman year, he didn't have a lot of catches and or yards. And that, that was mostly due to the, you know, we, we, we didn't really have great quarterback play that year uh, under Jalen hurts. But, but last year with Tua, uh, you know, Jerry Judy was really unstoppable. I mean, he finished with, with 1,315 yards receiving and he averaged nineteen point three yards a catch, you know, with fourteen touchdowns. So he he, he was a big play guy, and uh, you know, like like I said, he uh, he might have been a little higher on the list if 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 he's already graduated. But he's still got, you know, he'll probably just play this one more year here at Alabama. But uh, he, he's likely to move move up the list with another year like last season. Yeah, he uh, man, that Jared Judy is also another guy I love to watch. I mean. Uh, he kind of uh, struggled late in the season with uh, his, you know, catching the ball. He dropped a couple of big passes, but uh, I think he'll have that straightened out this year. Yeah, I, I look forward to, to seeing if him and Tua can kind of reconnect to what they were doing last season. I mean, and, and like you said, with Ruggs and guys like Smitty and Jalen Waddle, I mean, that re- that receiving core is just stacked and uh, – you know, with a guy like Tua throwing it, you know everybody's going to get the touches and, and be able to make plays. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so who, who, I kind of already told who I have at number three with, with Ridley. Who do you have at number three? Uh, I actually uh, – I did something different. Um, like we said, there's just so many guys to pick. I'm – my number three, I'm actually doing a 3A and 3B because I, I could not, you know, uh, I feel like they, they both deserve to be in this third spot. Um and that is uh, Calvin Ridley, of course, and uh, Jared Judy. Um, I, of course, everybody knows what Judy has done. Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, I really like, you know, the way he played the game in Alabama. Um, you know, he, he played with uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, who at the time was not known as a great quarterback throwing-wise. So, yeah. if he if, – I would love to see what he done, you know, with two, I mean – uh, he only had five touchdown receptions uh, his junior year, but I mean, it, with with Tua, who knows what he could he could have done? And uh, he, uh, I believe, he deserves to to be in that you know as one of the elites at Alabama, along with Jared Judy. I mean, uh, you've pretty much talked about what Jared Judy has done. Um, we get to see him another year, um, and uh, I mean that, that cat right there is amazing uh, 14 touchdown receptions last year i mean i mean that that is incredible to think about yeah you know and, and talking about really you know that's who i have having uh at number three and you know he really had a a great freshman year with, with jake coker quarterback uh you know he had 89 catches which is you know that, that's you know that's racking up some catches and uh yeah. he finished with you know a thousand and forty five yards and seven touchdowns and uh, then, you know, kind of dropped off a little bit uh, his sophomore season. 
when uh, Alvin was breaking in Jalen Hurts. and uh, But he still had 769 yards catching, you know, and, and seven touchdowns again. And, and like Jake mentioned, uh, in t- 2017, his junior season, he was about the only guy that, that, that Jalen really threw to, it seemed like. So yeah. uh, he finished that year with uh, 63 catches and, and 967 yards. But, but like Jake said, I really would have loved to seen Calvin Ridley with two at quarterback. I mean, you see what Calvin Ridley's doing in the NFL with, with the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, he, he's a special talent. And uh, I definitely believe he deserves to be in the top three of, of the Nick Saban era. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100% with that, man. He uh, was absolutely spectacular. All right, so who, who you got at number two? Well, it's, uh, this is a no-doubter for me. Um, I've got – uh, I've got Amari Cooper. I mean, just uh, the way he played the game in Alabama, I mean, he was absolutely incredible. I mean, his freshman year, he had a 1,000 yards receiving as a freshman. And uh, then his junior year, he had uh, 1,727 uh, reception yards with 16 touchdown uh, receptions. And, I mean, he, it seemed like he could do no wrong as a wide receiver. He is uh, – he is absolutely amazing and great in the NFL. I mean, everybody sees what he's done with the Raiders and now with uh, with Dallas. And uh, man, he he was an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, that's that's who I have at number two. And you know, Amari Cooper, he was so steady in that junior season with Lane Kiffin calling the plays and and Blake Sims at quarterback in 2014. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, he was he was a special player. Uh, everybody remembers how. <laughs> oh, Kiffin would call a play, and before the ball had even left Blake Sims' hands, he, he already knew it was a touchdown with Amari Cooper on the other end of the play. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I, if I, I'm pretty sure Cooper was, you know, a finalist for the Heisman that year, I, if I if I remember correctly. So, I mean, he was just uh, anytime a receiver's got 1,700 yards. I mean, that is that is piling up the yards, and he had 124 catches. I mean, he was – he was – I mean, he he dominated the ball on the offensive side that season. And, uh, uh, he, he was a really special player, one of the best route runners you will ever see. Uh, you know, he occasionally would drop one that would make you think, what – I mean, you know, what happened there? But yeah. for the most part, 99% of the time, he was a guy you could rely on to make plays for your offense and – you know, he was a lot of fun to watch and, you know, to watch him run routes and, you know, get by defenders. And uh, that that was just special. And, uh, you know, they don't make many like Amari Cooper, but but fortunately, Alvin has had a couple like Amari Cooper, as you can see from the list that we've we've talked about so far. Shoot, yeah. Uh, but, with, but with that, I think it's obvious. Yeah. He's at number one. So I'll, I'll go ahead and let you start off with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Julio, you know, man. I'll, I'll never forget um, when him and I uh, they went into um, Athens and that blackout game against Georgia and and it seemed like Julio and and the guys just just took that game over from the start and it was a no doubt. I mean, he absolutely played out of his mind that that game. He also absolutely played out of his mind at Alabama. He also here's another one of these guys who paid the way for all these other great uh, wide receivers to come in. I mean, he. Uh, he didn't really have uh, that uh, flash of a numbers uh, his uh, fresh or 
his sophomore year, he kind of declined a little bit. But, uh, you know, his freshman year, he nearly got a 1,000 yards reception, uh, had four touchdown receptions. Uh, his sophomore year, he, he dipped down to five, nine, 596 yards. But his junior year, he went off and caught uh, over 1,100 uh, yards in reception, had a seven touchdown reception. So, you know, he was an absolute – uh, incredible guy, and uh, and he still loves his Alabama football, uh, and and pretty much all the players do. But he he's on uh, Twitter a lot, and he's giving praise to the team and the coach saving stuff. So it's good to see a guy like that uh, still enjoying, you know, or still being around and being a good a class at for the for the uh, for the school and everything. Yeah, I mean. To me, it was obvious that Julio was was number one because, in in part, he kind of paved the way, you know, for for what this program has done over the last twelve years. And mm-hmm. you know, he was that first big name guy that that Nick Saban got really. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, like he said, he come in his freshman year and and, and gained you know caught nine hundred twenty four yards, uh, and just you know the rest is history. You know, his sophomore season he struggled with injuries a lot. Yeah. Uh, and uh, never really could just stay healthy. And so he kind of dipped off in his numbers a little bit. Also, he played with, with, with Greg McElroy. I mean, I'm not knocking Greg McElroy, but, you know, he didn't play with somebody like Tua. I mean, could you imagine Julio with Tua? Oh, holy. <laughs> That's scary to think about. That that would not be fair. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, like Jake said, though, in 2010, it, his junior season, he finished with – you know, over 1,100 yards receiving and, and seven touchdowns. But he was just – I mean, you could just tell what a dominant player he was. Even yeah. even without the ball, he, he was a great blocker. He gave a maximum effort. Mm-hmm. That the There's two plays that stick out in Julio's career, in, in my opinion, and both of them happen to be against LSU. One of them is his, his freshman year in Baton Rouge uh, – one on one with Patrick Peterson, the LSU corner. Yeah, and 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 in overtime, when uh when John Parker Wilson hits him on the back shoulder throw, and and Julio catches it and drags Patrick Peterson for a couple yards to get down to, you know, inside the one or two yard line, and yeah. so that play sticks out. And then I think it was the very next season uh, in Tuscaloosa against LSU when he caught the little screen pass from from Greg, and uh, took it to the house, yeah. outrunning everybody. That was. That's just a play I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, he was just one of those guys that kind of like Kevin Norwood, he he made the big play for Alabama when they needed a play made. And, exactly. Uh, he was just a special talent or is a special talent. And uh, that's that's obvious from the kind of NFL career he's had, you know, with the Atlanta Falcons. He's he's just one of those rare guys, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds, 4'3", 40, mm-hmm. jump jump out of the stadium just uh just a special talent and you know like i said he he paved the way for for you know kind of what this program has done and uh he's kind of one of the guys that that got it all started and, and uh we're obviously thankful for that yes definitely and going to his nfl days you know um they they double team him quite a lot and it still seems like he can still get you know catch a ball out, out of the air double teamed i mean you know he he's an amazing player yeah, he it's you know he, he's he's really kind of you know once in a generation type talents and uh, I he remember is. when he when he was in high school and he was being recruited, my dad actually went down to 
to Foley to watch him play a game. And yeah. uh, he was actually hurt that night. But uh, Foley – and so he wasn't playing. But Foley got down by a touchdown, and uh, they, they put Julio in for a play, and he scores a touchdown that very play. And then yeah. they, they put him in the next possession for one play, and he scores a touchdown on that play too. And so <laughs> he was just even hurt. He was he was unstoppable. So just mm-hmm. just one of those special guys. And uh, you know, obviously, like like Jake mentioned, he's been a great ambassador for the program. He, he still comes back all the time, and he's always mm-hmm. commenting on Nick Saban and kind of what Nick Saban has meant to him in his life. And Yes. You know, it's just – it's great to see guys, you know, kind of come full circle, come – you know, Julio didn't come from a whole lot, but he's he's always had a good head on his shoulder. He's always worked hard. And, uh, you know, now he's uh, enjoying the riches of being an NFL uh, superstar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that that concludes our list of the top five receivers of the Nick Saban air. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll be bringing another position – group uh in the next week or maybe two weeks just kind of depending on our schedule but uh you know before we head out remember that you can always tweet at us uh my personal twitter is uh at blackwood 89 and uh i'm at uh uh jake uh jake thomas tied and i believe i can't got my twitter pulled up at the moment <laughs> don't even know your own twitter handle that's pretty sad jake <laughs> but uh but you can you can tweet at us you can also tweet at our, our podcast twitter page at tide talk underscore pod uh mm-hmm. you know make sure you use the, ha- the the hashtag tide talk and uh you know to keep up with everything and uh we and, really appreciate all the support what, and, before, oh, and before we go i just want to since we talk all alabama athletics i want to say congratulations to team 23 if you don't know who that is that is the Alabama softball team. These girls uh, had 60 uh, wins this year. And, yeah, they fell short. But but that team, that that is a true definition of family. And and the young talent that they've got coming back with Montana Fouts and a scholar, uh, you know, I mean, my gosh. I, I, I feel like that Patrick Murphy's got him a good team. And, uh, and everybody else, you just watch out for, for uh, the team next year. I mean, they played absolutely out of their minds this year, but I'm excited. I mean, it's a good time to be an Alabama fan right now. Oh, it really is. You know, we we hadn't even we didn't even mention the basketball team, which is the first in a long time. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, hey, the softball team. Patrick Murphy done his mm-hmm. best best coaching job, I think, since he's been in Alabama. I agree. And the you know the 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 final poll national polls come out today in softball, and mm-hmm. Alabama was number four. That's a joke. Yeah, they were, they were number three at worst. They, I mean, they. It's. I, I don't understand it. I didn't understand how they got an eight seed, and it, when I think about it, it just pisses me off because yeah. they got they got robbed. There's no way should, they should have been matched up with Oklahoma in the, in the first. I just, I'm not even gonna get on it. It pisses me off. Like yeah. I said, it's they got robbed, and uh, but they're they're ahead of schedule. Yeah, I got I got to remind myself of that. They shouldn't even been where they were at this season. And, yeah. Uh, like Jake said, uh, next year they are that they should be a team to reckon with. So, yeah, and uh, and I like to give credit to I cannot I know her name's Patty, but I can't think of her last name. Oklahoma's coach, uh, she even said to the media, you know, they they should never been an eight seed. Talking about Alabama, so uh, 
I won't give her credit for for stating the obvious. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, she she did. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was uh, it was very obvious when you watched the two teams play. I mean, they were. I mean, there really was no difference in the teams, and uh, was it? so, and one was a one seed, and one was an eight seed. So that just kind of gives you an idea of of what we're talking about here, and why we we got we got so upset about the seeding, and yeah. But, but brighter days are ahead. Not that it wasn't; it was a great season this year. I, I don't have anything to complain about other than the selection committee. Right, but, uh, Patrick Murphy and the girls done a great job this season, and. And yes, like I said, they, they they're they're going to be really good next year, and, and we can't wait for that to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, football is the closest thing to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what what are we like? 80, I think 80, 80, 80, 81 days left. I think yeah, is what it's, I think. yeah, it's it's creeping up. So we look forward to that. We're going to be bringing you podcasts all summer long. Uh, yes, we'll uh we'll we'll put out a poll in the next. I don't know, next few days of, of what position group you want us to, to do next. So be on the look for that and vote. Like I said, use the hashtag Tide Talk and tweet at us at Tide Talk underscore pod. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. We appreciate all the support, guys. Yes. Uh, and we hope you all have a good evening. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.